The scripture reading is Matthew 18, 15 through 20. Please listen to these words of Jesus. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they do not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell the church, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as though they were a pagan or tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosened in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For there two or three of them gather in his name, there I am with them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Nancy. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today, we are continuing our series entitled, The Struggle is Real, because we are currently living through one of the most polarized periods in American history. We have this divisive, never-ending political campaign season, cultural wars galore around us, military wars around the world, and that's not even to mention all of the personal conflicts and the community-wide conflicts that we experience and encounter each and every day of our lives. And yet, even though all of this conflict and disagreements, they are an everyday part of our lives, most of us struggle with how to have conflict in a healthy and a positive way. So this worship series is titled, The Struggle is Real, because, well, the struggle is real, to simply live in community and to communicate with one another. It's a very real thing to each and every one of us. And in the scripture, in scripture as a whole, and particularly in this 18th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus gives us very practical instructions Instructions he gave to the disciples first, and now, centuries later, he gives to us of how to live in community and to communicate with one another. And in this chapter 18, he outlines four steps. The first one that we talked about the first week of the series was check yourself. So don't first, the first thing to do in any conflict is not to focus on the other person and what they've done or didn't do, but it's a focus on yourself. Turn inward and ask yourself, is there something that is in me that needs to be worked through? How am I contributing to this conflict? What assumptions am I bringing about the other person to this conflict? And then the second step, after you check yourself, the second step is to look at the person with God's eyes. 
We talked about this last week. When God looks at us, God sees our whole self, not just a portion of us. And so, likewise, in a conflict, Jesus tells us to remember that person that we're arguing with or that we're disagreeing with, they are a beloved child of God. They're not just the person who wronged us. And then also with looking with God's eyes, that means that we try to look at their whole self. What else might be going on in that person's life? What are they struggling with? How are they wounded? It might not have anything to do with what we're actually experiencing or going through with them, but it can impact what they're going through. It can impact how you're relating with them. And that's not to excuse what they're doing or what they're not doing, but it's to come from this place of compassion and mercy and grace. That is the main goal. Because resolving conflict, even though we would really like it to be, it's not about winning. Resolving conflict is really about creating and maintaining a healthy relationship with someone. And so then the third step, now that we're in this right frame of mind, we've kind of taken a look at ourselves, we've made sure we see the whole person, we've seen the person with God's eyes. Now this third step is to go and talk to the person. And that's what Nancy read for us in today's scripture. Jesus says, if a sibling in Christ hurts you, go and tell them. Work it out between the two of you. And if they listen, great, you've made a friend. If they won't listen, then take one or two others along with you so to be the presence of witnesses that will keep things honest and then try again. And then if they still won't listen, tell the church. Go to the, whole, go to the community. And if the person still refuses, even when we come together as a community and try to work it out, then there's nothing more you can do. Now, before I came to Brexville, I worked in youth ministry for about eight years. Youth ministry was at least part of my job, if not the whole job. Working with middle schoolers and high schoolers, teaching classes to them, going on mission trips and hanging out at youth group. And simply developing relationships with them was a major part of it. Helping them to navigate being a Christian in their everyday world, just as we all are trying to figure that out. And so often the kids would come to me and they would share how they were fighting with a friend and they would ask me for advice and would go something like this. Pastor Heidi, Amy and I are fighting because she told Maria that I cheated on my science homework, but I didn't. We worked on that homework together and I worked harder than she did. But we're fighting because she said this to Maria. I'm having a major problem with my microphone, so just bear with me. And so my first question when one of the kids would come to me would always be, okay, did you go and talk to Amy about this? And usually the response was something like, well, no, 
because she doesn't know that Maria told me, and Maria doesn't want her to know that we were talking about her. And I told Alex about it, and they said that I was right to be upset. So, so far, we have Amy, who doesn't have a clue that her friend is upset with her. Because Amy, like all of us, cannot read minds. Did you know this? Did you know this about human beings, that we can't read each other's minds? You didn't? Come on. <laughs> like, you, like, you guys just assume, like, well, of course they know that I'm mad. Can't they see by the way that I'm acting? That doesn't work. This is something that I tell every single couple that I do premarital counseling with before they get married, is that we have to talk to one another. The first thing that Jesus says is go to the other person and tell them you're upset. So Amy doesn't know that her friend is upset with her. And the friend doesn't know what, if anything, Amy actually said. Because she hasn't talked to Amy herself. She's just heard all of this third party. And so we can sit here and we can think to ourselves, oh, those teenagers, that's typical for teenagers. They just need to do X, Y, and Z, and then it'll all be figured out. But I am here to tell you that I've worked with adults even longer than I've worked with teenagers. And guess what? It's the same thing. Yes, we're not any better than teenagers are. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your gender, because Women aren't worse about this than men are. Men are just as bad. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter anything else. What matters is that we're human and we're not great at communicating with each other. We would rather, we, even if we know what we should do, we have a hard time actually living it out. We would rather avoid confrontation at all costs. We would rather tell other people that we're upset with someone in the hope that maybe that'll just, I can just blow off some steam and it'll go away. We would rather do that, do that than talk with someone. And more often than not, though, when we talk to that other person, particularly someone we know is going to agree with us, with our, our whatever emotion we're feeling, that just riles us up even more. And so we might even tell a few more people. And so we create this sort of echo chamber that justifies our feelings and our anger and our injustice and our hurt. Has everybody, anyone ever been on Facebook? Right? Even if you haven't actually been on Facebook, you know. Like, Facebook is not great. Some things, yeah, not others. But that's because we're humans. And we would rather just wait for our feelings to go away and hope for the best, then have a conversation with that original person. And yes, I'm being dramatic, but we also know that this is true at the same time. And Jesus knew this. Jesus knew that we are humans and this human temptation to respond to conflict in this way. He lived and he worked with the disciples. And so, and Jesus himself, he was fully human. He felt the same temptations we do to avoid, to gossip, and to create these echo chambers. But Jesus also had the wisdom of God within him. And so he didn't live into those human temptations. 
And here in the Gospel of Matthew, he teaches his disciples and us how we are to resolve our conflict in these healthy and even godly ways. So first, we see that Jesus says that our default should be to go to the person and directly communicate with them. This allows the person to share their side, to clear up any miscommunications, and and to apologize if it's necessary, to make amends. The girl in my youth group needed to go directly to Amy and to work it out, to hear from Amy what she actually said and how she was feeling about the homework they worked on. The hard part with that one is it takes humility to do that. It takes humility to recognize that we might not have all of the information. It takes humility to recognize we might be part of this somehow. And we have something to learn from going to the other person, that we don't have it all figured out ourselves. It takes that humility. And most of the time when we talk it out with the other person, we come with that spirit of compassion and mercy and grace of seeing one another with God's eyes, then we're able to resolve whatever conflict it is. But we know that life isn't that easy. And so sometimes the conflict isn't able just to be worked out with that one-on-one conversation. And so then we need that wisdom of somebody else coming in. When Jesus says, take someone else and bring them with you. And that's not to gang up on the person, but it's really to to hold one another accountable. Go directly to that person with someone else to keep you, both of you, honest. Not taking a buddy that's going to back you up in a fight or anything like that, but just be supportive and encouraging. So for the youth in my story, it'd be wise for her to take a teacher and have that conversation with Amy if she needed to. The teacher could be that neutral third party helping them find common ground, helping them to work through their differences. Because remember, the goal isn't to win the argument. The goal is to maintain this healthy relationship. But sometimes, even after bringing another person into the conversation, the situation can't be resolved. And so then we might need to include a couple of other people. And again, this is not to gang up on anyone, but it's coming from this mutual place of we, we, we need to be in community with one another. And we need to work through our differences so that we can focus on the bigger things in life. And so we come together. And one of the ways that I've heard this um, one of the things I've, phrases I've heard to name this is the sunlight strategy. Because we know that problems can fester and they can multiply in the dark, right? But many times when we let in that sunlight, it can help. Like this, it keeps us on our best behavior when we bring others in and we're not living into all of the exaggerations that we want to in our head and all of that stuff, but it's keeping us honest and open and connected with the other person. But even then, because people are hard, we all are, 
even after bringing our problems to a community of people, to work through together, sometimes a relationship just can't be repaired. You've done what you could. You've done the hard work, gone through all of the steps, but you can't come to a resolution together. And so you mourn the loss of that relationship. And you still continue to look at the person with God's eyes, remembering that they are a whole and beloved child of God, even when you cannot come to a mutual agreement. Discipleship, or living as a Christian, following the teachings of Jesus, however we want to say it, it's very practical sometimes. It means taking the teachings of Jesus and applying them to our everyday lives. And sometimes that looks like managing conflicts, big or small, with this grace and compassion of Jesus at the forefront of our minds. Because remember, when we look at all of Jesus' ministry together, his ministry is one of reconciliation and liberation and justice and healing. And so when we view conflict through that lens, conflicts are nothing less than opportunities to participate in God's reconciling and reparative work in our everyday lives. Last week, we closed by praying for a person in your life with whom you have conflict. We can all think of someone. Even if you weren't here last week and you're here now, you can think of that person. And so I invite you to bring that person back into your mind and let us close our eyes and let us pray together. Oh God, when we list out these steps, they seem so very simple. And yet you know how difficult it can be to truly live them out. You know the situation that we are struggling with. You know the words that have been said, the words left unsaid, the hurt feelings, the anger, the resentment, the guilt. You know all of it. And so, God, we bring the whole situation to you. Each and every person involved, we bring them into your light. Help us to see how we might bring your reconciliation, your healing, and your wholeness to our lives. We pray these things through the power and the wisdom of your Holy Spirit. Amen. There's lots of information about conflict resolution and working through and having good conversations. And, and so there's a few resources that we're going to put together. Um, one is one of the a couple of the podcasts that our podcast class talked about today at the 9.30 hour. Um, has some fantastic resources and some others so that we can continue to learn because this is important stuff. Um, not just for living together in community here, but um, if we're called to heal the world, <laughs> we need to have hard conversations out there. 
and we can use all the help we can get. Um, so while we do that, one of the ways that we can ask for help is through praying with God and with one another. And so as we do that, prepare ourselves for prayer, I want to invite the choir to come forward as they will sing for us. And uh, I want to invite those online to share any prayers that you might have at prayer at brexelumc.com, the comments on Facebook, or using the text number as well.
Thank you very much, choir. We have a few prayers that have come in. Jan asked for prayers, continue prayers for healing and strength for her nephew, Michael, as he goes through dialysis treatments. And Ruth Ann asked for prayers for Ed Bilek. And Scott asked for continued prayers for his mom, Kathy, who had surgery last week. And Shelly asked for prayers for Iona and Dick for healing. Uh, prayers for Michael as he continues with chemotherapy and for Taylor on her walk. And um, Avery asked for prayers of peace. And Anne asked for prayers for John, who lost his wife, Ellie, this week. And Isaac asked for prayers for Baba Olga's health. And Linda asked for continued prayers for Bev and Marilyn. And Taylor um, celebrate the first day of fall and the joy of the season and continue prayers for Carol and Mary Beth. And Kathy has prayers of thanks for Rick um, for his help when she had a flat tire. That's a God moment of being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> he told me about that story and it's just a wonderful story of he went over to help and then found out it was someone from church. And so he helped, he was gonna help anyway. Um, and then I do want to ask for uh, continued prayers for uh, Tara, who is a friend who is battling cancer and is in a lot of pain right now, um, as well as a pastor friend who this past week was uh, diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer. Uh, so prayers for him and his family, as well as his church, as um, they figure out how to be in ministry, and care for one another together. Um, I had another prayer. I wonder what it was. It was a good one, too, I guess. I don't know. God knows, right? Yep, that's right. Okay. I tell you what. Let us go to our Lord in prayer. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Prince of Peace. We are so very grateful for you. We're grateful for the eyes that you give us, enabling us to see the world as you see it. We're grateful for your heart within us, enabling us to feel the compassion that you feel for each and every one of your children. And God, we pray for your courage equipping us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. O oh God, with the help of your Holy Spirit, may we learn to work together for your justice, bringing truth and everlasting peace to this world. O oh God, we know that each and every person we meet is struggling in some way, even though they might seem fine on the surface. There are so many things underneath, so many things that you know. And so we pray those things, that you will speak and hear, you will under, help us to understand. O oh Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. And we pray all of these things with gratitude and with true humility, knowing that you are the one who guides our every day. And we pray these words that Jesus taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I know what it was. Ruth says hi. I talked to Ruth McDonald this week, and she's doing very well, and she says hi to everyone, and that's what it was. Okay, I feel better now. So the last thing that we do each week, <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys are here, and we're all together, and that you are mildly entertained by my forgetful brain. So the last thing that we do each week is to remind ourselves that church does not end here. Church is when we go into the world and we create those safe spaces wherever we are to learn together and to love God's people. And so a few ways that you can do that through the ministry here at BUMC is that next Saturday is our Bike Fix It, and that's from 9 to noon. It's on September 30th. And it's a way that you can come and you can have lots of skill to fix bikes and you can have zero skill. We actually need quite a few people with zero skill that just know how to take things apart. Uh, if you, you can use a screwdriver or a wrench and you can take pedals off of things that we can save and then recycle the rest, please come. And then also, Next week is our final worship on the lawn. So our 8.30 service in the warm and nice months um, are, is outside. And this, we're coming into October, and October is questionable. So we are moving our 8.30 worship downstairs into Fellowship Hall, and that will be our contemplative service beginning on October 8th. So if you would like to worship with us outside, Next Sunday is your last opportunity this year. And then also we have a newsletter production party that will be this Thursday. There will be donuts just to try to get you there. And so if your newsletter comes with sticky on it, you're welcome. Uh, but really, you fold paper and you put stickers on it. It's really not hard. Um, and it takes about an hour. Light, or many hands make light work, not light hands make hard work. No, that's backwards. Um, and then also, if you didn't get your picture taken on kickoff Sunday, then you can do that. You can head out these front doors, and Michael will be there to take your pretty, pretty picture. Okay? And the last thing I have is name tags. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm not super great with names. Uh, and we have a lot of new faces and a lot of different faces. And we all change and look different from year to year, don't we? Um, so if you would like to have a name tag, let us know. There is a sign up on the piano, or you can email us um, and in the office and let us know that you would like a name tag with your name on it so that we can all learn one another's names, right? And uh, connect together. Yes, it's Anita Dayhoff. Melanie, I thought you were gonna put a new one up this week. 
I was looking forward to it. We'll have two next week. I really was. Silly things. She didn't get her day off, or she did get her day off. She took her day off, and so then she didn't do unnecessary things like this. I think that's what happened. Anyway, all right. Let us receive our benediction so we can go into God's world and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let us stand and sing together.
such a pleasure to worship alongside you. Thank you for coming. I hope you all have a wonderful week.
Good week. Hey, man. You were, camp you were camping last night? Well, uh, you guys never used to be jelly stone Yeah, yeah, yeah.